The following is a paid program and is meant for educational information only and is the sole opinion of today's sponsors. A full inspection of your situation is suggested before taking any action. From home repair to remodeling, this is Making Your Home Great. Well, good afternoon. You're listening to FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great. I'm Dave Alexander along with Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Afternoon. Afternoon, Dave. Good to be back. We put together a show last week, even though you weren't here. I heard. How did uh, it go? It was all right. You know, it was moderately <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, it was, you know, we got got done with the show. Eventually it ended, and it was fine. I heard you got a lot of phone calls. That's oh, it was good. great. Yeah, uh, really. Actually, it was a good show. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> uh, also in studio today is Stephen Clip of Stephen Clip Architecture. How you doing? I'm doing great. I, uh, I'm going to spend an hour with you talking about homes and how to take them from good to great you with me on that oh absolutely all right because there's you know a lot of homes this show is called making your home great and the assumption is well your home's okay your home's good we can take it the next step you can and it really doesn't takes a lot of planning but it doesn't take that much difference in what you actually do Stephen's been helping some people who are preparing to sell their homes. Isn't that true? Yes. So I've been doing quite a bit lately looking at homes. People are getting them ready to sell. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out what to do to fix them up or what to take care of and making a whole lot of mistakes on that, I'd say. Really? The what's, pr- a, what's a big mistake? Because I'm doing that. I'm investing in my home. You're investing in your home. Well, the biggest thing I would suggest is if you're considering doing something, do it while you're still there so you can enjoy it. Okay. So if, mm-hmm. if you're really considering redoing your kitchen, yeah, do it for you and do it now. And then if, you know, if you're planning to sell in five years, you get five years of enjoyment out of that new kitchen. Right. Instead of just doing it so the other guy can enjoy it. I think I've probably asked you the question, gosh, what's the latest thing or what is the popular thing? And and is that the wrong answer or the wrong question to ask? Uh, it's the wrong question in most houses. It isn't what's the popular thing if you're considering selling. Mm-hmm. It is what are the things that will kill a sale of my house? What are the things that... My, when they walk into my house, they look at it and say, nope, I can't take that. Really? I'm going on to the next one. All right, name me one. Uh, <laughs> well, the biggest one are, are deep uh, colors mm-hmm. or bright colors. The more neutral you can make your house, because uh, if you walk into a house and there's a, a, a deep red yeah. In the dining room, that just, for some people, they say, no. I see, I, yeah. I see some people with like chocolatey brown, almost to the point of dark chocolate or milk chocolate. I love chocolate. So. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like it, it on the wall? Not it, on the walls. <laughs> it's kind of strange to see how, how different people really are. I mean, you can go into a yeah. plethora of different homes, oh. and they are all completely designed differently. Mm-hmm. So to address his point, it's almost 
for a while there, you remember how when everybody was selling their house, the paint job was gray on the walls yes. with bright white trim. Mm-hmm. That was enough of a generic color where just about anybody could walk in and say, okay, this, this is okay. I could tweak this a little bit. Yeah. But to his point, not a burgundy wall that matches your... Um, you know, your dining room table that you're taking with you when mm-hmm. you move out of there. It's no longer, doesn't, yeah. doesn't fit. So uh, capital gain improvements are a great idea. Okay, when investing. Now, what do you mean by that? Capital gain? Yeah, well, I know what a capital gain, I've got to pay the tax on that. That's if I make money on my house. Yeah, um, okay, so there's a bunch of different types of t- capital gain improvement. Okay, uh-huh. in my industry, for example, um, full encapsulation of crawl spaces with um, conditioning is considered a capital gain improvement. Okay. Now, there's lots of different kinds. Well, uh, there's, there's right, and what I tell people is, if you're going to put your house on the market, get a home inspector to come in. He doesn't have to do the full report, but to come in and, and tell you what is wrong with your house. And you go ahead and you fix those things. Agreed completely. Because <laughs> yeah. you will spend between 25 and 50% on that repair that the buyer will ask for if they discover it during their home inspection. And and, w- and uh, let me just, is it that they're inspecting something and finding something that is so wrong that it must be fixed? Well, quite often it's, yes, uh, Brock, you know that the water in the crawl space or just simply damp in the crawl space is one of the biggest ones they find. Right. And they ask for $10,000 off. It, it's it's interesting. I, I work with a lot of realtors. Okay, a lot of realtors use us because when they're selling a property, if there happens to be mold in the crawl space, they want it remediated before the sale. Or mm-hmm. vice versa, they have a buyer that just purchased a property and wants updates done to the home. Inspectors and and uh, actually one of my guys that works for us is a certified home inspector. He's the mm-hmm. guy that I send out to do the inspections on properties, get us the numbers, the information we need, and then we formulate an estimate off of it. Inspectors' jobs are to go in and find everything wrong. They're not there to find the stuff that's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, They come out of there and they say, I found this. This doesn't look good. This doesn't look good. You need to change this. You need to change that. When you're selling a home, the buyer and the buyer's realtor love using that information as a tactic to get to drive the price of the home down. After after you've agreed to a price. Exactly. Yeah. So this is the whole thing is... If, if you can have the buyer's inspector come in and find nothing significant, there's a plug that doesn't work. Right. This light switch isn't connected to anything. If that's all they can find, you're, you are golden. <laughs> you're going to sell the house. Okay. It's when they come out and they say, well, we found dry rot. We found termite yeah, damage. Yeah. We found lots of mold. Your roof is collapsing. Those are the things that's that you bad. get it back to yeah, yeah. good enough and right. then turn around yeah. and sell it. And if they kill the sale you know if if the buyer backs out because they uh, they've found so many things or they don't get any money back to repair those mm-hmm. the next when it goes back on the market you have lost a, at least 10 percent of your market value definitely mm-hmm. and because everybody who looks at that house then says well that clearly there was something wrong with this that caused the buyer to back out. Is that public information? Somebody's backed out? 
Or do yes. people just find yes. out? Yes, yes, because right on there on Zillow or whoever you're using, right. they will say that sale pending, and then they will say back on market. Oh, yeah. And when they do that, so it's a very dangerous situation for the seller. And the by far, the best thing to do is find any big item that uh, the buyer's home inspector would find right. and fix it ahead of time. Because it is going to cost you less money to fix that problem than it will when they try to drive the price of the house down. As, as To address Stephen's point, when we were talking here right before the show, you know, a lot of these people will come in and say, oh, there's mold all in the crawl space. You know, we need to, you're selling your house for 250 Well, we're going to offer you $240. Yeah. Well, I'll come in and remediate that for three grand. You're giving away $7,000 <laughs> driving yeah. the price down. Just fix the things that are wrong and get it ready to sell. You don't necessarily have to invest $30,000 in windows, for example. Right, right. But there are other things that are just stylistic. Well, there are other things. So You're an architect, for goodness sakes. <laughs> I, I, was doing, I was doing a consult on the house this morning. Yeah. And they're getting it ready to sell. And they, uh, it is a 1950s uh, brick ranch. Yeah. And everything about it, ideally, if they stayed there, they would redo the whole house. Sure. But to sell it, you don't want to do that. And what you want to do is make it good enough that someone comes in and says, yes, I'll take this house over the other one. Mm -hmm. I've lined up 10 houses all within $50,000 range of each other. Right. And I'm going to pick the best one of those. See, so yes. So there, are, there are key things. When you walk in, for instance, when you came in this house, everything about it could be changed. Yeah. However, only a couple of things, I think, are what I call the, the rejection items. And if you're talking about under 400000 most people are shopping for something that is at the top of their uh, budget. Right. So they don't say, I'm going to buy this and then put $100,000 into it. Right. They say, I- I'm buying this and I'll do a couple of things, but I really, this is as much as I can afford. So in this case, the, the kitchen was old, the bathrooms are old. Right. But no one looking at it the bathrooms were old, but they were kind of, of quaint and had character. Okay. Uh, you just do a couple of things. Change out the sink. Right. Change out, you know, so it looks at, you don't want to change things out so that, oh, it's obvious. Oh, they changed out the sink for the sale, but everything else looks <laughs> dated. Right, right. It, it has to look like it's in character with it. See, now, I looked at a brick ranch from the 60s. When we were buying a house 15 years ago. And let me tell you, gentlemen, walking in there was like walking into a time machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the countertops were not a solid substance. They were a tiled substance, but they were like an artsy, crafty tile. Okay. I looked at it okay. and, I, and they were greenish. Mm-hmm. And I thought, if I put my coffee cup down, it's going to be down at like a three degree angle. Yeah. Three inch <laughs> tile. Just, yeah. It was just, big. just not quite big enough yeah, to put but, your coffee but, cup but on. But it was big, chunky tiles, mm-hmm. uneven. Well, and here's right. There are things that are. I, I, can't, I can't sell the house <laughs> like that, can I? Uh, no. 
Okay, good. No, no, you can't. They're, they're things that are, are deal killer. So in this house, the kitchen, the it needed some layout issues, but the primary thing was we were looking at Formica from maybe it was the original Formica. It was yeah. actually worn away in some places. Oh. And it was... That was a case where normally I say, don't replace the kitchen. Yeah. Don't redo the kitchen because whoever comes in, they have their own ideas of what their kitchen should be. And I regularly get a call. We just bought this house. Yeah. We want to rip out the kitchen they put in to sell it yeah. to, to do our new one. So you're telling me that if I'm going to, you know, I've got a dated kitchen or a dated home, mm-hmm. I shouldn't rip out the kitchen. Well, you shouldn't unless in this case, it has to be at the point where it's described as an eyesore. Yeah, okay. If it is acceptable, don't do it. If it, In this case, it was an eyesore. People would okay. walk in because this is, a, this is a price group where they are buying the house and they're going to live in it for a couple of years without doing much. Okay. I'm so going to ask you. It has to be at that level of acceptability. I'm going to ask you to explain that that price group idea, and also why is he not mentioned bathrooms? Why is he not? I, I, we're going to ask him <laughs> that coming up. Stephen Clip from Stephen Clip Architecture. You can find him on the web if you know how to spell his name, and even if you don't, you probably find him. Stephen is spelled with a V in the middle. Clip has a couple of P's. Stephen Clip Architecture. Dot com. Also talking with Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier, and he's got a question or actually a comment about cheap dehumidifiers. That's that's coming up on our show. Making your home great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Telephone number here is 919-860-9783. We are on Making Your Home Great. Stephen Clip of Stephen Clip Architecture, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. And we, we want to talk, I want to talk about this idea that you just, you gave us a, some things to think about whether we're going to redo our kitchen or not. If we're going to live in it and enjoy our kitchen, go ahead and do it. Yes. Absolutely. But the whole thing is, if you say, eventually we're going to do it, yeah, then, and you wait until, okay, now we're ready to sell. The kitchen is really old and beat up. Okay. Now we're going to redo it. Well, you get nothing out of it except what it, uh, how it affects the sale. Right. If you do it when you're living there and say, you know, you know in five years, we're probably going to sell this house. Right. Well, redo your kitchen now or redo your bathroom now and yeah. enjoy it, get all of that because the return on resale doesn't change whether you did it a month ago or whether you did it five years ago. Really? No. See, this is the thing. I just had my kitchen redone. Oh, okay. great. Now, I mean, we did it step by step. Things were painted rather than replaced, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. But we had the countertops done. We had all the cabinets done. We, we had the floor done a year and a half ago, so we've basically got a new-looking kitchen. And I'm, I've got this tick-tock clock in my head saying, you know, if we stay here five years, we're going to screw this kitchen up. No, no. Actually, no? no, you're just fine. 
in some ways you come off better than the person who has just redid their kitchen to sell it. Right. Because one of the impressions is they redid it as inexpensively as they could. Oh, yeah. Whereas if you redid it for your use, mm -hmm. you yep. redid it as expensively, as nicely as you could. Right. So it's you probably get, get more credit out yeah. of doing it, letting it age for five years, and then putting the house on the market. Okay, why did we not yet talk about bathrooms? You're willing to go into somebody's bathroom and write an architecture plan, right? And Oh, I, I but, am, and so many bathrooms are, are messed up. All right, but, but and so many bathrooms are just dumb. It's uh, amazing the number. That's of my when, you, when you have the toilet right behind the door, or or you're not able to open the shower all the way because it's hitting the the back wall. I was it's I was just, in a house. I was in a house and couldn't reach the toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> I'm sitting it's and I can't reach the room. The, it's across. Well, I can see it. You have to send a text message to someone to help. I can yeah, see it. No. If I had my phone, I would have been. I would have had enough room, right? If you hold the phone out, and sure. you, you can unroll it from the roll. But here's the thing. You didn't tell me about, in the next first 20 minutes of the show, about repairing the bathroom to sell it. Well, okay. The only reason you do that is if it is so bad that people walk in and they say, I'm sorry, we're excluding this house. Right. We're ruling it out. And My wife and I did that several houses we saw. Yeah. Nope, don't like this. We're done. I mean, it was almost you make it, your mind up almost immediately. Almost almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the thing there is half the time your mind is made up before you open the front door. Also true, yeah. And <laughs> But then when you get in, if the bathrooms are acceptable. Yes. And you can do little things to update them or, you know, make them look better, do that. Bathrooms are very expensive to renovate. So do it for yourself. If you do it to, if, you know, if you walk in and the yeah. tile is cracked yep. and there's obviously mold on the, on something or, you know, the there's a hole in the floor in front of the tub. Bad news. Yeah, that's <laughs> bad news. Fix those things. <laughs> Fix those things. But I shouldn't. I shouldn't put $10,000 in my bathroom just to sell it two weeks later. Well, the only way I would do that is if you've got like bright brass fixtures oh, yeah, in there or bright brass around on your shower stall. Yeah. And things that just scream. You mean brass outdated. isn't in anymore? I thought I thought brass no, was still brass no. no. Okay. No. Gotcha. No. You're not watching HGTV I'm, I'm enough. I'm not. I'm, I'm out in the field. I don't if get a we, lot of TV time. If we have a lot of shiplap in the bathroom, is that a bad thing? <laughs> uh, within a few years, shiplap is going to be bad everywhere. Amen. Amen. There are things that are – anything that is trendy is going to be non-trendy five years from now. The reason it's trendy and not longevity. I And open shelves in kitchens Yeah. are – Going in and out quickly. Open shelves. I've never had that in the kitchen. Never <laughs> had that in the kitchen. You don't watch HGTV. No, enough. I just want to be able to close the door and not see whether the coffee cups are next to the other things. I would hope the open shelves are less expensive. That's, no. that's probably. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> they take away the door and they charge you more. I figure. It's, yes. It's. Uh, no. I, just the whole idea that you do have to reorganize. The way you put away plates and dishes. Yes. If you have glass there, or you open concept, mm -hmm. right? Okay. 
if you're very OCDC and you can line everything up perfectly. That's not, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's not, I can't do that. All right, how about, uh, let's see, if that's a no-no, let me see if I can find another no-no. We had beautiful wood cabinets. We painted them. Now, I was in favor of it because we were just tired of it. I hate painting wood. I'm looking at your website, stephenclipparchitecture.com. You've got open wood or exposed wood, non-painted wood Treated. in a yeah. lot of those homes. Well, the when you actually look at things and how people live, yep. a stained wood hides dirt. Ah. A stained wood has a lot more longevity with a lot less cleaning than a painted surface does. Okay. So the more you can use stained wood in your house, the less you have to clean. Oh, I like the, that. Uh, whether it's baseboards, whether it's uh, casings around windows and doors, whether it's the doors themselves. Right. Uh, but especially in the kitchen. All right. We've got the news people knocking on the door. They want to get on the radio. I'll give them a couple of minutes and we'll come right back. This is Making Your Home Great with Stephen Clip of Stephen Clip Architecture and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. This is Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier and Stephen Clip of Stephen Clip Architecture. Add a.com and you've, you've got Stephen's uh, website. Um, and I actually want to talk to Brock about dehumidifiers. Have people been... Have people been doing something they shouldn't have been doing with dehumidifiers in, the, yeah. in crawl spaces? Yeah. So we, we field a lot of phone calls a week um, from customers that aren't even our customers yet. Okay, right. These are just people reaching out to us trying to get more information about what they could do differently. And what we're noticing is there's a lot of uh, people out here in, in the Metroplex that are you know, they think they're doing the right thing. They're going right. down to Home Depot. They're okay. buying a dehumidifier, which is there on the end cap. It's a good price. They read about it online. It's rated pretty highly. Yeah. They go stick it in their crawl space. Six months later, it, it goes out. And you know, they go back to Home Depot. They get another one. They, they replace it. it right. Six months goes out again. And they're reaching out to us saying, hey, listen, you know, what, what, what's the deal here? What, what are we doing wrong? There are different types of dehumidifiers, okay? The majority okay. of the dehumidifiers that you're purchasing at Home Depot, those go in your living room. I those go so. in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. When you put them in an environment like a crawl space, you have a lot of insulation in your crawl space. That stuff breaks down, which is why if you get into a crawl space, you close the door behind you, you turn on a flashlight, you can see all that insulation floating around in the air in front of your flashlight. Okay. Well, that's the stuff that gets pulled into the filter. Ah. Crawl space dehumidifiers are designed to be in those type of environments. The mm -hmm. ones you guys are buying at Home Depot or Lowe's are not. Those are designed to be inside where there's a lot less airborne contaminants. Okay. The point in this is I want our customers, our listeners, everybody in the Metroplex to understand, if you're going to make the investment to purchase a dehumidifier, do the time and the research to find out which ones are going to be better applied for your circumstance. And an air conditioner, I, I guess I'm having a hard time understanding this. Is it is it that they're putting the window air unit underneath their house? 
because that doesn't seem to make sense to me. You mean conditioning when I said condition the crawl yeah. space? Okay, so conditioning the crawl space is done with either HVAC or a dehumidifier. Okay, so both the, are classified as conditioning. So they're they're putting they're buying something that should be just on wheels in your home. Mm-hmm. And sticking it underneath your home. Right. And, and in most cases, when you put an indoor dehumidifier in the crawl space, you're yeah. having to really clean the filter about every two weeks. And if you're not, about six months later, it shorts out, it goes out. Right. That's the reason they're having to keep returning these things and, and getting sure. a new one. Now, it's great that Home Depot and Lowe's warranty this stuff. So at oh, least sure. you're not out the money. But if you keep putting in something that only lasts six months, I mean, that's, that's going to run indefinitely. Right. So if you're going to make the investment, there are several brands out there that are good prices that you can get for crawl spaces that you only have to buy once. Yeah. And, and as, as long as, as it's installed correctly, it's just going to keep going. I would assume that if moisture is in an issue or is an issue underneath mm-hmm. your home, that that's going to require something beefier than something that's designed to take your your humidity in your house down to an acceptable level Uh, it it can so uh, most dehumidifiers are rated per square footage okay okay so there are units that can dehumidify up to 750 square feet okay uh, 2,000, 2,500, 3,000. They, they make them all the way up to 10,000 square feet right okay so there's a lot of different kinds out there as long as you get the appropriate size for the crawl space, it's going to do the job just fine. Okay. Now, most people, uh, you know, and anybody who's ever had an estimate of their crawl space, a lot of these guys go down there and they do moisture readings. Okay. There's a moisture meter that you can stab into the wood and it yeah. can tell you what the moisture is. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be in the 20s. I can just tell you that. Mm-hmm. It's a little high. The, the high moisture in your crawl space is the effect Okay, that what that meter mm-hmm. is doing is it's testing the effect. It's not the cause. What's causing that high moisture? Right. High humidity. How do you combat high humidity? A dehumidifier. Okay. Okay, so the dehumidifier is going to do all the work. You just have to make sure you get the right one for the right application. Right. I've got a crawl space that's very small. Mm-hmm. It's not honestly one day you're going to crawl underneath my house. Can't wait. Rock. He he can't wait, but you're gonna ha- you're gonna be claustrophobic. This is one of those homes where you, you, sure it's a crawl space, but it's only three foot high. So that's a drag space. That's a drag yeah. space. If you not can a crawl, crawl space. through it, that's okay. a crawl space. Wait, 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 if it's three feet high, that's a decent crawl space. <laughs> is it a decent? I've seen much if, worse. If you that's right. Have to be thin just to uh-huh. slip under the joist. <laughs> well, here's the thing: there's a lot of stuff underneath there. I've nope. never questioned whether there's an air handler underneath there. Am I correct on the... I would the, assume so. All right. There's a big tin thing that's connected to the HVAC. It's under there. There's all sorts of vents and things, and uh, it's going to be hard to get up underneath there and enjoy yourself. Trust me. I've done it. There's a, there, there are. There's a lot that can go wrong in a crawl space. And actually, you know, when Stephen and I were talking earlier in the show, he was talking about what you can do to get your house ready for sale. Yeah. Okay. The crawl space. Yes. Okay, the first place the inspector goes when he shows up to your house to do that inspection is he crawls underneath the house. Right. He's going to come out and he's going to complain about what the ductwork looks like, whether or not there's any fungal growth, mold growth. He's going to take a moisture set, uh, moisture uh, test, humidity test. He's mm-hmm. going to determine how the plumbing looks, how the electrical looks. Most of that is in the crawl space. Right. All of those components are affected 
by high humidity and moisture in the crawl space. If you've ever gotten in a crawl space and your air handling unit is sweating profusely, the condensation right. because of the high humidity, that's also going to cause condensation to build up on wires. You can get mold growing Ooh, on wires. That's not good. So there's there's a few steps that you can take to, for the most part, eliminate the majority of the problems you can have down there. Okay. But pretty much it's just an idea today. The, the state of the art is you seal your crawl space and you put a dehumidifier in it. That's, that's my recommendation. Every crawl space we work in, regardless of what work we do down there, we install something called a thermohygrometer, which is a big fancy word for a smartphone sensor yeah. that stays in the crawl space and allows you to monitor relative humidity and temperature 24 hours a day, seven days a week, yes. 365 days a year. So we're one of the rare companies that has an enormous amount of data. We know what is working, what is not working, what steps need to be taken to achieve what is referred to as optimal humidity. So there are a bunch of different steps that can be taken, but as long as you can monitor it, you know what's going on down there, Mm -hmm. you can always kind of tweak it a little bit. Okay. We're talking today. I I don't know that we planned that we would be talking this way, but we're talking about real estate. Your home as real estate and how you can take it from your home to somebody else's home with a good turnout for you. <laughs> well, How can we do that, Stephen? And, and this is this year has been incredible for real estate. Yeah. Everyone stayed home yep. and everyone made a decision mm-hmm. whether to buy or sell a house and whether to do something to their existing house. So I, yeah. it is just screaming open the you know the industry and everyone's busy. We're adding screen porches. We're adding decks and and pools. Swimming pools are a big thing this year. Right. Uh, Sunrooms, redoing kitchens. All the trades. I mean, it's it's almost every tradesman that I know. It's the same thing with all of them. How far out are you at? Oh, I'm weeks out. I'm weeks out. And I I have to say that if if you don't have a job, hook up with some... Uh, home construction That's right. group. Yep. Hook up, be an apprentice, say, I'll carry the wire. Right. If five years down the road, you can be a licensed electrician. You are golden. I, trades that, are taking off right now. They are really, that, yeah. Trades are taking off right now. They really well, are. All right, let, me just, let, let me just come in from a slightly different perspective. I didn't go into the trades I thought it was a good idea to get a four-year degree in, in being a disc jockey, okay? Student loans are zero if you go into the trades. I, I mean— you, Well, you, they're not if you go through a community college yeah, or I, through I, no, a trading program. I sent a kid through the community college. <laughs> I know the difference between a four-year oh. degree— and community college. Oh, absolutely. We've we've <laughs> had more manageable. We can yes. pay the community college tuition monthly and barely notice it. It's <laughs> yes. eight lights in community college. Yeah, and right? the thing is, the person who has picks up a trade. Yep. Carpentry pays more than a lot of of uh, things with a, that require a four year degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, electricians. Boy, electricians are really well paid. Plumbers, uh, anything like that is just really well paid right now. E- even even my guys, 
Even uh, your people oh, are well yeah. paid. No, my we pay our our people very well. But okay. you'd well, have to pay me to crawl and oh, crawl yeah. spaces. Oh yeah, that was day. what I was just about to say. Is unfortunately <laughs> our job is not very glamorous, uh, and it's it's tough and it's tight and it's hot and cold and it's dirty and gross. So yeah, no, I've I I have to pay my guys very well, but they are very well paid. And yep. most of these guys have worked with their hands for 20 years. Right. They didn't go to college. They learned mm -hmm. carpentry. They learned electrical. They learned plumbing. That's going to carry them indefinitely. We're and, not and a going... lot of them you can learn on the job. That's right. You can learn as the assistant, but make more money as an assistant on a, a construction crew mm -hmm. than you can. Boy, so many jobs that people want to – a barista doesn't pay anywhere near – no. All right. How no, about no, no. that? All right. How about this one? In the middle of the weekend, I mean, you might get an emergency call, but are your guys answering a bunch of emails that have to do with meetings that are going on Monday? Probably not. Meeting? No. Meeting? He says meetings? No. 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 We have meetings on Monday? No. <laughs> you get you got your scheduled job. You get your job done. You might have to stay late because you got to get it done. Mm -hmm. And then. Frequently in the evenings, you just go home. Well, my guys, not you, but your guys. No, I, I'm working all the time. You're no, working all the time. My 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 guys. That we we did the best we could to try to take care of our guys as much as possible. We know it's a tough job. My guys yeah. show up on job sites typically about seven eight in the morning. Yeah, and, and no, at three three thirty four in the afternoon, they send me a text. Hey, we got to a stopping point today. We're going to yeah. go go ahead and go home. And I just say, absolutely, thanks for the day's work. <laughs> Great job, guys. Uh, you know, anything I can do for you because it's a tough job. But yeah, I'm just contrasting it with a white-collar job. They're all happy. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a tough job, but when you go home at the end of the day and you're like, man, I made more money this week than I had any other week prior to this, it's all yeah. worth it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Stephen Clip of Stephen Clip Architecture is here. Also, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. You've got a question. Your telephone number is 919 860 nine seven eight three steven what should i not do with my house before i sell it oh boy <laughs> what, what set it, it on fire Don't you've do that. seen set people make fire. mistakes haven't you i i would say pour a bunch of money into it really i mean you have very judiciously pick out the things to do and because when people buy a house yeah Typically, they spend $80,000 on that house after they buy it. Right. Wow. Uh, typically, nothing you did before you finished is something they really like. <laughs> That's true. So yeah. <laughs> so you want to look at things. What are eyesores? What are yeah. uh, things? And one of my services is I charge $150, and I come and I you know talk to you. It's an hour and a half or so. Yeah. Uh, about what you should do to get your house ready to sell. Okay. And a whole lot of them are dirt cheap things. Like cut every bush in the place in half. Yeah. Uh, it's And just looking and saying, these are the things that will turn people off. These are the things you can do right. that will make your house stand out. And right. the idea is, you know, I can probably save you thousands of dollars on doing things that in the end will make no difference. Really? You don't want to give anybody any room to negotiate. And they are looking for it. 
Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. as soon as as soon as the realtor calls you and says, "Oh, the inspection went great, but he found this, 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 and this," yeah, and we we want to go ahead and knock ten grand off the price of the house. It, it turns into a negotiation. So if you strip away, yeah, that what is their the complaints absolute. are, and if they're if you strip away just the big ones, that's right. It doesn't have to be the little things, but just the big ones. Like if they can walk up to the house and they're looking up at the dormer mm-hmm. and the side of the dormer is rotting. Right. The trim is rotting. Right. It's first of all, they may not buy the house. No, they probably won't. But they're going to come back and say, "We need money for that, and we need twice as much money as you would have spent repairing it ahead okay. of time." Okay. Does it make more sense if I'm the I'm selling a house? If there's something like that, and it does come up, does it make more sense to let them knock down the price of the house? Or does it make more sense for me to be responsible for fixing it before we sell it? It's a hard call. For yeah. the most part, people are finished in their minds. is not their house any longer. Yeah. So frankly, if I'm the buyer, I don't want them to fix it because they're going to do it as cheaply as they can. Okay. And I want it well done, especially right. if it's on the seller's dime. And if you're the seller... Yeah, you want to have that fixed. You don't want the buyer to be able to drive down the price. You, yeah. In other words, you at you are selling your house, and if you can get that repair done for five thousand dollars, you don't want the seller, the buyer, because they'll charge you ten. More. They'll, they'll yeah. ask you for ten. They will. That's right. And they won't want you to fix it at that point. Because they know you'll get the cheapest guy in the world to come in there and slap something on and call it a fixed. Yeah, they've seen uh, flip it or, or or leave it too. You know, they've now that being said to yeah. our listeners, yeah, don't fix something cheap. Okay? No, 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 <laughs> don't don't do that. All right, if you see that it needs to be done, make sure to do it correctly. The point is, is it's much cheaper. <laughs> Having it done with one of the contractors you know than having the buyer try to drive the price down and every time. More than that, if you're thinking about redoing something like a kitchen or a bathroom right. or adding on a screen porch or doing all of these things, do them while you're going to live there. Yes. Get, get the enjoyment out of it. And, and like I say, it will be worth as much on resale five years from now as it will be today. Now, see, I've I've got a story on this topic. Okay? Yeah, go ahead. Starting at the beginning of the year this year, we actually implemented a policy in our company specifically for realtors. Okay. Okay. We will have realtors call us constantly saying, "I have a seller, we're right. selling, or I have a buyer. We're looking at a property. There's a lot of mold down there. Can you come out and do an inspection?" Now, I always agreed to that. Of course, I'll, I'll be right out immediately. What I started to learn is what they would do is they'd say, just give me an estimate. I'd give them the estimate for mm. what it would take. They would use my estimate to drive the price down, and I would never hear from them again. Yeah. So uh, it, it is it is an industry built around haggling. Yeah. So take away their ability to haggle. Fix the little things that jump out to you. Make sure that everything is correct and passes code. It doesn't have to be completely gut renovated. Mm-hmm. If everything is correct and passes code, you have a much higher chance of selling that house for the profit margin you were looking for than if you were to invest in all new flooring, new windows, new right. roof. Well, we've talked about the fact that in Brock's 
area, the you know mold remediation, it used to be that if the word mold appeared anywhere <laughs> on any paperwork at all, people were walking out the door, right? Yes. It used, it <laughs> it's used, a scary word. <laughs> it's a scary word. What happens when you go in and you do mold remediation and you do the crawl space? What then happens to the next inspection? Oh, I, I've, I'm, I'm actually uh, at a lot of those. Uh, yeah. Again, since we work with so many realtors that bring us in to um, remediate mold, lay down new material, get it all set up, and then they'll have a, an inspector come out. Uh, most of the time, it's the same reaction. The guy opens the door, pops his head down there. He's down there for about six minutes, Yeah, comes back out, and he's like, oh, it's amazing. It's incredible. I didn't <laughs> notice anything was a problem. This is a good buy. And then he turns around, gets in his car, and he charges the customer $1,200 for that. Is well, that well, <laughs> it's what happens. The whole thing is, if you open up the, the crawl space door, there's this beautiful white right. plastic on the ground. Right, right. Uh, it just looks clean and, yes. and cared for. It's just like, okay, if that impression is there, yes, they're not going to go hunting for problems. Uh, problems. Mm-hmm. All right, sounds good. All right, telephone number 919-860-9783. Not a lot left in the show, but here in studio are Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Guess what? We didn't talk about radiant barriers at all. Yeah. Uh, we we'll talked about the week. crawl space. Right. He's going to be here every week, so yeah, we'll get to it next time. Stephen Clip of Stephen Clip Architecture on making your home great. Oh, we opened up a can of worms here during the commercial break this is making your home great brock emmons of triangle radium barrier and stephen clip of stephen clip architecture you gotta drive by some communities where there's 150 homes but only three floor plans well well, the issue isn't the 150 homes and three floor plans it's that the three floor plans are mediocre yeah they are the one thing, so my primary business is designing custom homes. Right. And a custom home is so much better than these things. As you go out the next couple of weekends and look at the parade of homes. Okay. Those homes have, at whatever price range, they have all the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. But they're pretty much on standard, unexciting floor plans. Right. And... You can do so much better than that. It is, I've got a, a Texas farmhouse I'm doing up in Hillsboro right now. Right. That is a really neat house. Yeah. And that's going to come in at the same money as a standard stock plan. Really? Yes. Because the money, the, the thinking comes in and you can use the same pieces, put them all together just the same. But if you think about it in advance, you can do so much better of a job. What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about the way people live? The, the, way, they... the way people live, how the house flows. Yeah. Uh, where the windows are. So you bring in the outdoors. Right. So that you, what is on your particular lot, what are the best things about your lot? And how can we make the house enhance those? Yeah. Instead of, we're going to put the standard house on there and you have this terrific view of the lake. Yeah, but none of the main rooms look that way because oh, yeah. you're using a standard plan. How I always gauged it is is how long does it take to get built? Okay, if I can drive through a neighborhood when then there's these track homes is what yeah. I refer to them. Sure. They're all pretty much the same 
floor plan. These things go up in what feels like two days. <laughs> 90 and, days. And, you know, exactly. 90 days, it, it, it's, start it's to finish. It's such a short period of time that it takes for them to put these. It's almost like they're made of Legos. They just go in and they put them all together and bam, yeah. there's your house. Yeah. Because custom homes can take months and months and months well, to do. Well, more so than that, I'm looking at this house. And so, you know, if they just thought to put the screen porch on the side where there's a terrific view, instead of sticking it on the back where you're looking at the garage and your uh, and yeah, nothing I'm else sorry. i'm sorry that's our plan b we don't have <laughs> you know we have a plan a and a plan b we can't put two b's next to each other got to go a b a b and we only have the thing on the back we don't have the storm and, and this right? drives me crazy because it takes no more effort if you think about something in advance yeah even even i've had people come to me with stock plans yeah and say oh well here, let's do these four things, and this becomes a much better house. And then I go out there a year later, and they're building four of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He is Stephen Clip of Stephen Clip Architecture. Add .com to it, and you've got his web address. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier also with us, and he'll be here next week also. Thank you very much. Next week, it's going to be Mike and Sue Pale of The Closet Factory on Making Your Home Great.